Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for the people that come in to this place day in and day out, Lord, to serve you faithfully. God, from people that are, are teaching in the children's department week in and week out, or, or people that are running sound, or people that are participating in the band, or people that are running screens, or organizing, or doing finances, or taking up offerings, or Lord, just so many people giving of themselves week after week. God, for your glory, I am so incredibly thankful for them, and that is the meditation of my heart right now. Lord, just as, as we are so grateful for this place that we have, and we are incredibly grateful for what you have provided us with, God, you have provided us with resources that go beyond just a physical place. You have provided us with people. They give of their hearts. They give of their time. God, they, they give of themselves, Lord, so that we can continue to pursue the gospel, and God, that people's faith might continue. Lord, and sometimes we get weary and sometimes we get weak, but I pray that we would not faint, that, Lord, that we would stand on your strength, and, God, we would rest in your abilities and not our own. And, God, right now I know that you need to speak to someone's heart, and there are people in this place, Lord, and I'm not exactly sure what it is that's going on in their life, but I can feel rest assured that you do. And because you do, you know exactly what it is they need to hear, and I pray that I would just lean into you and listen closely to your Holy Spirit God, so I might be able to convey to them your words and not my own. Lord, this time belongs to you. May you be honored by this time. May you receive glory from this time. May you receive glory from the people that tune in to you and to your Holy Spirit as you speak to them and restore them, challenge them, strengthen them. God, whatever it is you need to do in their lives, God, I pray that we would just be obedient to you. And God, we would respond to you and you would receive glory from that. In Jesus' holy name I do pray. Amen. You can be seated. So we're continuing in Philippians tonight. Man, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just, you kind of go, I don't know. I got, I got like 18 different things going on in my heart and in my mind, and I'm trying to filter them all out and trying to listen to God and all this kind of stuff. And to be honest with you, it gets hard sometimes. It really does. You know, between work and life and church and trying to do all the stuff that's required to just survive. Sometimes it gets really difficult. And man, when I, when I was reading Paul's words, I was like, man, I want to be like this dude. You know, like I want to be like him. I, I, I am so encouraged by, by his words. And, and tonight we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to continue kind of where Keith left off last week. But I just had to go back and read this. This first part of chapter 3, because it just spoke to me so personally, I guess. I mean, I, and I tell people all the time, I, I apologize that you have, to, you have to sit in the room and listen to me preach to myself, because that's what happens every Sunday and every Wednesday, is I'm just preaching to myself, and you have to sit there and listen to it. And, and really, the message is really more for me than it is for anybody else. So I apologize to you if there's some overflow out of the message that I have to preach to myself that happens to reach out to you and speak to you in some way. Uh, I, I know that that's how God works. That's, that's exactly what he does. He, he teaches me something so that I can teach other people. And uh, I, I just sometimes I feel bad that you have to listen sometimes to what God says to me. But I know that he uses that to touch you. So anyway, in Philippians chapter 3, it starts this way. It says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Now he says this from prison, right? 
He says this from prison. We have to keep everything in context and know where Paul is in his life. And he's in prison, and he's under house arrest, chained to a Roman soldier. And he says, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. Oh, man, I want to be like that dude. Because to be honest with you, sometimes I get tired. Uh, if I'm just completely honest and, and completely open with you, uh, th- th- there are times when, when I, I feel like, man, I told them this last week, and the people that I said, said it to last week, they're not here this week. And I don't know why, but they didn't come the week before, and they didn't come the week before that. And I don't know what's going on in their life, and I don't know where they're struggling, and I don't know what they're dealing with and all that, and God, you do, and, and, but God, it's just, it happens to be hard this week, you know? If I'm just completely open and completely honest with you, sometimes I do struggle with continuing and, and saying some of the same things. And I feel, you know, what, you know what they say the definition of insanity is, right? Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result, right? That's literally the definition of Christianity, right? Uh, and we come in here, we, we do the same thing over and over and over again, and, and, and we expect things to change in our life, and, and God does that. But sometimes, as a leader, sometimes it gets difficult, to be honest with you. And, and here we see, Paul says, man, I, I never get tired of telling you these things. So that you, you, your faith can be safeguarded. I am so thankful. I am so incredibly thankful that we have people that we can look at. Every single one of us has somebody that we can look at and say, man, I want my faith to be like that person's faith. I want to be more like that person because that person is in pursuit of Christ in the way that I want to be in pursuit of Christ. I'm so incredibly thankful for people like that. Man, I I listen to podcasts. I listen to sermons. I I watch YouTube videos. I mean, like, I, I love the fact that there are people that I can look at and say, man, I want to keep doing what they're doing. They've been doing it for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like, I've been doing it for 10. They've been doing it for 30 years. Or some guys doing it 50 years. And, and I want to be like those guys, you know? I want to be like Paul. who says, I don't get tired. I'm in prison. I'm still writing to you. I, I hope and I pray that... that You have somebody that you can look at and say, man, I want my pursuit of Christ to be like their pursuit of Christ. I I, I want my devotion to be like their devotion. I want to be like that person because they don't quit. They keep running. Week after week, month after month, year after year, they just keep running. And they don't quit. They don't quit. Now, Keith told you last week about how how Paul said, man, if, if... if anybody had confidence to believe that they were righteous based on their own efforts, then, then it would be him, man. Paul, he would be the man. Based on the, 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 the resume of his life, he's the man, right? Like he should be counted as righteous. But he looked at all that stuff and he counted it as garbage. He said, forget that stuff. It doesn't matter anything. I gave it all up so I could be counted as one with Christ. I could be, be seen as Christ's righteousness. In this particular passage we look at in Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12, Paul says, but I want you to understand something. He says, I haven't got there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm still running. I'm still in pursuit of the goal. And that's what we see in this particular passage. We see that Paul says, yes, I've been counted as righteous because I am one with Christ and I've given up everything else because none of that mattered. He says, but I'm still continuing on. 
because I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And if anybody, if anybody would have said that they had the right to say, hey, I have reached the finish line, man. I, I am there. I, I, I've, I've done everything. I've checked all the boxes. I, I've done, I, man, if anybody had the right to say that, it would have been Paul. Because here he is in prison still writing to this church, still being their pastor, still telling them to continue on in the faith. And he's not tired of it. Ever, at any point. He says, I don't get tired of it. And he encourages them to keep pressing on towards the goal. That's the purpose of this particular passage. Just say, keep on going. Don't quit. How many times... How many times have you heard me say that? Like, if you've been here for a while, you know that you've heard me say that like a zillion times, right? Like, wage war on the flesh. Like, have, you know, all these battles with God. Talk to God if you need to. Get it out, of, out, of, out in the open with God. Just don't quit, right? That's what I say over and over and over again. I just keep encouraging, but just don't quit. I have people that tell me all the time, Kenny, but I have sin in my life and I can't seem to win that battle of sin and, and I just don't feel like I should come to church anymore because of that. And I tell them, don't do that. You bring, you bring your sin in here. At least you and your sin are coming in here as opposed to you and your sin staying out there. I'd much rather have you and your sin in here than both of you out there. Now, if your sin starts to penetrate and spread around, then me and you's going to have a talk. <laughs> if it starts affecting other believers, people around you, me and you's going to have a talk because that's what the Bible says to do. But I, I, hopefully you'll repent, you'll come back to Christ, and it, when, it, when it starts to, to affect other people, man, uh, and, I, and I see it and I know about it, and, and I'm like, I'm going to address it with you, and I, I'm going I'm to try my best, man. We're going we're gonna to battle this thing together. Because the end goal is what's important. The end goal is what's important. Be reconciled with Christ to continue to push on towards Christ. So look, let's, let's look at the scripture. You see, I, 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 talked to, uh, I talked to the faith graduates the other day. Faith Christian School had a baccalaureate service and I was there and they asked me to speak, which is absolutely crazy that they would ask me to speak, but they did. So I went and I spoke to them. And I was telling them about my life. I said, I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christ follower. I said, I also happen to be a pastor. I also happen to be an IT manager. And I work in Birmingham, work in Covington, Georgia. We're about to go live with a brand new laboratory that's in a facility that costs $1.2 billion. We just got acquired by Shire Pharmaceuticals. that so is going to be the largest producer of rare disease pharmaceuticals in the world. We got purchased for $32 billion. I said, and I tell you all that stuff to tell you that those other things can be a distraction from the number one thing in my life, and that is to be a Christ follower. All those other things can just, can just be a, a distraction from the number one calling in my life, which is to be a Christ follower. To be like Christ. That's the point. That's why I do this. That every single day of my life, every single thing that I do is to be like Christ. That song we just sang, I didn't tell Kayla, this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Oh, to be like you. Oh, to be like you. That's the goal. That's the purpose. That's why we continue in this pursuit. That's why we don't quit. Oh, to be like you. 
And if you're doing it for any other reason, then you missed it. And you missed it. I know it gets hard. I know it gets difficult. I know it's trying at times. I know you want to quit. This is what, this is what, what Paul says. In Philippians chapter, 12, begin, uh, chapter 3, beginning of verse 12, it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already re uh, reached perfection. He said, I'm not there yet. I'm not to the point of perfection yet. He, he says, wait a second. He says, back up in, in, I believe it's in verse 9. He says, I become righteousness through faith in Christ. Now, he is righteousness because he has faith in Christ. But practically speaking, he ain't there yet. You get the difference? As God views him, he's viewed in, as the likeness of Christ. But he ain't like Christ. You get the difference? You get the difference? Though God may see us as Christians, we are not like Christ. And there, there's a goal to be attained. There's, there's a purpose for us to continue on. There's a purpose for us not to quit. And, 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 and if this weren't the case, then couldn't you just say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm done, right? I, I, I gave my life to Christ, Christ owns me, I'm done, yay, clap, all right, good, let's move on, let me do something else now. There's nothing else for me to do. This idea that, that, that Christianity, is, Christianity is just something you did, to be a Christ follower is just something you did, I, I don't get that. I really don't get that concept. Like, that's like for me to tell you that I'm a long jumper. Why did you chuckle? Don't <laughs> chuckle. I'm a long jumper. You know why? Because one time I did the long jump. Wouldn't you look at me and say, so you're a long jumper there. You and your six-pack that's in a cooler. You're, you're, you're a long jumper, huh? To be a long jumper means that you train. You practice. You pursue long jumping. It doesn't mean that you just once did the long jump, right? Just because I was in third grade and did the long jump doesn't make me a long jumper, does it? Why is it that the people, I'm a Christian. I did this Christian thing one time. So that makes me a Christian, right? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're a Christ follower. To be Christ-like. To be continually in the pursuit of Christ. And people that say, I don't ever go to church. I just sit at home. I'm a Christian Look at me, I did that Christianity thing one time. I'm a Christian, I get to wear the lapel pin. I'm a Christian, man, I got a t-shirt and everything. But there's no pursuit of Christ. If Jesus Christ, listen, listen to me, if there is any question in your mind, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life and the Holy Spirit of God resides in your heart, you cannot do anything but pursue Christ. The Holy Spirit of God will not allow you to do anything other than that. When he so radically comes in and changes your life, there is a desire that is installed in your heart where you just want to continually pursue Christ. 
This idea that I, I once pursued Christ and I wanted that and I don't anymore and I'm still a Christian, that's not true. It's not true. It's not true. When the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life and indwells in your heart, that, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let, me, let me clarify something here. This idea of God indwelling in your heart. Let, let's talk about that for a second. We, we say that a lot. And I don't think we necessarily grasp what that means. We talk about the heart. We talk about our desires. We talk about our love. Where our pursuits are, right? That's where your heart is, right? It's the things that you, you pursue. Right? If it happens to be... Somebody that you love, they have your heart, then you pursue that person. You pursue a relationship with that person. If, 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 if somebody happens to really love their work, that's what you say. That's where their heart is, man. Their heart's in their work. Doesn't this idea of where the heart is tie in so directly with where your desires are, where your passions are, the things that you pursue, the things that you do in life, the overflow of your life? If you say Jesus Christ rules and reigns and he is the desire of my heart that he rules and reigns in my heart, wouldn't that be like the picture of your life? Wouldn't that be what you would see? It wouldn't be just like something that was attached to the heart. It would be the heart. I, I don't get it, man. I, I, I just, I can't get it. I can't, people, I, and look, I know life is hard. Okay, I get it, right? And, and, I can imagine that, that sometimes people pursue Christ and, and they, they, they go away for a while, right? That happens. But when they never come back, when they never come back, they have no desire to come back, they have no desire to pursue Christ or to learn more about God's Word. Or I, I go, I, go I, don't, I don't get that. I, I don't get how you could call yourself a Christ follower but not follow Christ. I, I don't get it. He says, I haven't achieved these things. I haven't, I haven't achieved righteousness yet. I am righteous in the likeness of Christ, in how God views me, but I have not achieved perfection yet. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed me. This is a little bit tricky here. He says, my desire now is to be what Christ desired for me. Does that make sense? That his desire became my desire. Christ died so that I might be like Christ. Now my desire, all the desires that I have is to be like Christ. He died so that I could be like him. Now the desires of my heart is that I be like him. You see how that works? There's just interchange that happened when when christ rules and reigns in your life when he takes over your heart then all of a sudden your passions and your desires become to be the passions and desires that christ had for you and he says he says this is what happens he says and he goes and he says but he got he's got to go back to this and say, no dear brothers and sisters i have not achieved it but i focus on one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead uh-oh Man, if we had a highlighter, man, I'd just take a highlighter and just like highlight that one. I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Let me see. 
Sometimes in biblical Old Testament, they would have to repeat things three times so that people would get it and know that it was important. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. What does that say to you? If this is what Paul focused on, don't, don't you think that we should forget the past and look forward to what lies ahead? You see, some people are so held back by the past that they can't look forward. They're so held tightly by what I did, what I used to do, who I used to be, and all that garbage, and they hang on to it, and they're like, man, I'll, I'll never be able to go this way. Paul's always using terms when, when he talks about things. He, he likes to use uh, athletic terms. Paul, Paul loves athletes and stuff, and he, he, I, I guess he was, like, he was like a big fan of the games or something, man, but he, he's all about athletics. And, and if you think about the way runners are, and, and we, he's used this, this analogy in the past to be weighed down and, and, to, and to, be, to be so distracted. If you think about a, a runner when he gets ready to, to run the race, if he if he looks at, at what he ate last night, if he looks at, at what, what happened yesterday, if he looks at what lane he got, he got put in, he got, what lane he got to draw, I mean, he would look at all those things and it's going to distract him from the race that he's got to run. And there are so many people today that the reason they don't come back, the reason that they don't continue to pursue is they're weighed down by the past and they're not looking forward to tomorrow. They're not looking forward to what they can do. They're looking, for, looking backwards to what they didn't do. How many people do we know like that? How many people do we know that are still sitting at home tonight? Knowing, knowing that God could speak to their heart tonight, that God could show them something that they needed to, to really hold on to, to hold fast to, because, man, they're struggling right now. But because of something they did this week or maybe something they did yesterday or last night, they won't come in here. I talked to a lady the other day. She had told me the previous week, she said, I'm coming to Simple Church. And she said, she said man, I'm going to be there. This is a, happens to be a lady at work. And she said, I'm coming. Now, you know that I work in two places. One's an hour and 15 minutes away, and the other's two hours and 15 minutes away. This happens to be the further one, but she said, I'm coming. See, I'm going to be there. So I saw her the next week. I didn't mention it. I didn't say anything. I, I didn't say anything about the fact that she didn't come, but she wasn't there. I knew she wasn't here. I, I didn't see her. I would have hugged her neck. Love this lady to death. And I said, she said, so I wasn't there Sunday. I said, yeah, I noticed. I noticed. I hoped that you would be, but I noticed you weren't there. And she said, yeah, so I had a little bit too much to drink on Saturday night, so I didn't feel like I could be there on Sunday. And I said, what does Saturday night have to do with Sunday morning? So it was two different days entirely. I said, now, if you'd have been hung over, we might have asked you to sit in the back. But I still want you to be there. I still want you to be there. I said, and trust me, we've had people come in here that have not just been hung over. They've either been drunk or high when they came through the door. I said, I still want them there. I still want them to come in. Now, we may have to wrangle them in a little bit and say, hey, this is, this is where you're going to be, and you ain't going to move from here. 
but we still want you to be here. But there's too many people hanging on to the past. They can't, they can't, they can't move forward. This, this is what happens in Bible study a lot of times. The reason people lack in their Bible study. You know what happens? So they, they man, they got this great one-year, I got a one-year Bible plan. I got it on my phone. It's going to be great. Man, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to cover the Bible in one year. What happens? They say that on Monday. By Tuesday, they've already forgotten about it, okay, right? So, so Tuesday, they've forgotten about it. By Wednesday, what are they doing? They're saying, well, I forgot about it yesterday. Ain't no reason for me to continue on today. Isn't that right? Well, I forgot about it yesterday. I'll probably forget about it on Thursday. Just because I remembered it on Wednesday, I'll probably forget again. I probably won't do it anyway, so there ain't no reason for me to do it on Wednesday either. Everybody, there's 40 million grins going on in here, and there's, there's only like 50 people. You know that I'm right. You know that I'm right. You start off in that Bible study, what happens? New Year's Day, man. I'm in. New Year's Day, I got a brand new Bible plan on my phone. January the 3rd, you missed a day. January the 4th, like, might as well not worry about January the 4th because I missed the 3rd and I'm so far behind. I've already missed one day and Lord knows by January the 5th I'll miss two. And, but we don't. We, just, we, just, we make excuses. We hang on to the past instead of looking and say, you know what? There's 363 days left that I can still pursue Christ through his word. Instead, we look at the three days that we've already missed or the two days we've already missed, and we go, ah, it's not worth continuing on. And, and that, that's a little picture of what goes on in our life, but it's bigger than that, and you know that it is, and you know that it, it's a lot bigger than that. But that's just a little picture. In Bible study, it's very easy target and very easy for me to point out. Focus on what lies ahead. I'll move through this pretty quickly now. He said, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. What is the prize? What is the prize? So, so, so the goal is, is to pursue Christ. Oh, to be like Him. The goal is, is to continue to, to strive to be like Christ. What, 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 what's the prize? What's the end result? To be like him, right? To, to finally, once we're, we are resurrected, once we are taken from this place to meet with him, to be ultimately like him, the, the, the goal is the same as the prize, man. We're continuing on this path during life. One, because God has installed it in us to do so. One is, is because it affects our testimony when we don't. And the ultimate goal is, is, is to be like him. To be like him. But listen to what, what Paul says. He says, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on, at some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. We must hold on to the progress we have already made. What does he say? He says, he says I believe God will make it plain to you. He says, I keep telling you, and I keep trying, and I keep doing everything that I can, but at some point, if you still aren't doing it, then I have to just turn it over to God and say, God, you are going to have to do it in them because I've I, I poured out all that I can do. I, I've tried everything that I could possibly say. I've done everything I possibly can do. God, it's in your hands, and God, you are going to have to do it in them. He said, if you're spiritually mature, I, I pray that you'll agree with me on these things. Because if not, then I pray that God will show you. Pray that God will show you. 
Listen to what he says. We'll kind of wrap up here. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine. This is not saying that he's the picture of perfection and we should be like Paul. He's, he's talking about the pattern of his life. What is the pattern of Paul's life? The continue of the pursuit. Run like I'm running. Continue doing what I'm doing. Keep up the pace, man. Let's run together. He, he says, he says, Pattern your lives after mine and, and learn from those who follow our example. He says, let's, let's continue on together. Let, as, as, as Christ followers, people that are in pursuit of Christ, let, let's learn from each other. He says, for I have told you before, and I'll say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there are those who can, whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, look, look at what he says. That they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, why does he say really enemies? I think it's because he's trying to say that they may say that they're really in alignment with the cross of Christ, but they're not really. They may portray one thing outwardly. They may say some things, but they're not completely true. And this is one thing that he dealt with very heavily in the Philippian church. There's some people that had some misnomers about what it meant to be a Christ follower. Even some of this stuff about circumcision. And, and you know, you could be circumcised and you could follow the law. And that's how you obtain righteousness and all this kind of garbage. He's like, he's like there's some people that are actually enemies of the cross. And what does the cross represent? The sacrificial love of Jesus Christ where he gave himself up for you. And that's how you obtain righteousness. And he says... They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. They, they think only about life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we, eagerly, we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the, the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. You remember how I told you that I talked to, to Faith Christian School at their, their baccalaureate service? And I told them that, that all the other stuff in my life, it can so easily be a distraction to the number one thing in my life, which is to be a Christ follower. I, I, I'm, I, I, sometimes, sometimes we need to refocus Sometimes we need to, to think about all the other things and think about how they affect the number one thing in our life, which is to be a Christ follower. The distractions in our life that, 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 that overwhelm us, the, the distractions in life that, that keep us from, from looking forward, the things that, that make us look backwards and, and try to hang on to the past, the things that, that, that are right here and right now that, that try to tear us in multiple directions and tear us away from the, the one central focus that we're supposed to have, which is to be like him. Oh, to be like him, as we sang today. Look, we're humans. And we're easily distracted. But Paul says this. He says, focus on the goal. Focus on the prize. To be like Christ. And one day, as you pursue Christ, you will be like him. You will be like him. Let me ask you this question. Isn't that reason enough to pursue him? 
Isn't that reason enough to pursue Christ? Is knowing that one day I will be like him. I, you know, you know I, I, I can't help but to think in, in my life what it would be like to just say, man, I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I'm, I'm a Christian. And, and, and to sit there and, and do nothing and think about the reflection that would have on other Christ followers, what, what that would look like if I, if I didn't pursue Christ, if I didn't study his word or, or go to church or, or, or want to talk about Jesus Christ and then, and then one day to be face-to-face with Jesus Christ one day, and he says, you want to be like me? You, 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 want, you want to be in the likeness of me? What, what evidence in your life was there that you wanted that? What, what evidence in your life was there that you were pursuing me? That you, can, can you imagine that conversation with Jesus? Can you imagine the way it would look? I mean, I know that God is grace-filled. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about some kind of work salvation or anything like that where you've got you to do all this stuff to obtain salvation. But I'm just saying that when Jesus Christ comes into your life and he becomes the desire of your heart, how is there anything else but this pursuit of Christ and wanting to be like Christ? How could there be anything else in there? Even in the midst of distractions, man, put them all to the side and say, you know what? Christ is what's most important. And sometimes we just need to refocus. That, that's, that, I believe that's the message tonight. Refocus. Refocus. We need to run. We need to run like Paul ran. We need to refocus our attention on the prize. We need to refocus our attention on the goal. We need to refocus on, on how to get there. Because being like him, that's why. That's why. That's why we do it. Let me pray. Father, God, I know that I'm as guilty as anybody becoming distracted, out of, of wavering, stumbling, falling. God, but I know I know that I desire to be like you. I desire to pursue you. I desire to to pursue the things of you. And God, that's the only reason I can have any reassurance that I am a Christ follower. That's because, God, I'm in active pursuit of you. Even when I stumble and when I fall, I am still, God, pursuing you. Lord, there's nothing special about me. There are tons of other people that are doing the same thing, but there are tons of other people that are holding on to the past and they're so incredibly distracted by the past or the things going on in their life that God, they need to refocus. They need to be challenged by you. God, I, I just give them to you. Say, God, you'll have to reveal it to them. You'll have to show them. You'll have to do the work, God. All we can do is, is look at your word, see what you have to say to us. God, it's in your hands. It's in the hands of your Holy Spirit. May he do the work in our hearts. God, we desire to be like you. We desire to pursue you so that one day we may be like you. God, thank you for your word. 
Lord, thank you, God, for the testimony of Paul and as he ran. Lord, I pray that we would run like he ran. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone, please stand.